1: A block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today we are going to be discussing Real Madrid's game against Real Betis in the league and this podcast is coming out a little late because I wasn't able to, uh, I didn't have time to like record uh, a pod. My Monday schedule was really, really hectic and we could not find a time time slot to record this pod. So apologies f- for that from my front. Uh, it's purely because, because of me that the pod has been delayed this time, but, uh, I'll try to not let that happen anytime again and today to discuss Real Madrid's game against Real Betis, I have with me Kanita and before we get into the usual stuff, the lineups, the tactics and the key moments from the game, how are you doing Kanita?
1: Hi, uh, so yeah, happy like mid-January and uh, I say happy because I am happy uh like for the third time in a row and this is like three happy games this uh year um honestly 2023 has started great uh, we'll see how it uh, continues but yes yeah, so far so good
0: yeah i think <laughs> the the declaration of this year being a good one is going to come come coming uh crumbling down very soon when Because we have Barcelona up next and we'll discuss about that towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, so far, three games, three wins. Not the best of performances, but like we'll take it. Madrid CFF was a smash and grab. Albacete, there was a clear uh, gap in technical and physical level between the teams. And now Real Betis, I don't know, Real Betis were really, really poor. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know the result. Real Madrid won four goals to nil. And we looked good. We look good. We'll get into that. Let's 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 begin our analysis of the game by first looking at the lineups. So Real Madrid, so Toril decided to go with a back three, which We have discussed this in the pods before how back three helps solve some of our long standing issues and how it makes us better in offense and allows us more number of bodies in between the lines plus a better occupation of the opposition back line with, with having almost like five players. Uh, pinning the last line of defense for the opposition, so it it solves a lot of issues. It also allows us to use some of our players in a better way. Like you can play Savawa as the wing back, where it's her primary. Like she gets the chance to get in behind and put the cross in, and has slightly lesser of the defensive responsibilities on her. So that brings out the best in her. So it, it's a good formation. We have seen whenever we have played it. We have looked better and the return obviously meant that we will be going a bit more attacking in this game and that is what we got when when the game panned out as we will discuss. So first like looking at the lineup, it was Misa in goal, Ivana, Sousa and Rocio as the back three, Zornosa played as the deepest midfielder and then we had a line of four that comprised of Athenea on the right, uh, on the right as the right wing back, Weir and Maite as the two number tens or free roaming midfielders, then Savava as the left wing back, and Esther and Feller formed the duo up top. So, looking at that lineup, the only thing initially that really, you know, stuck with me or that seemed like it would be a potential problem was Zornosa as the deepest midfielder because if you look at that midfield trio of Zornosa, Maite and Weir, the first thought is that midfield has a lot of creative ability and that midfield consists of players who like to consistently push high up. the lack of a midfielder that would provide the sort of defensive coverage seem like it would be, it might be a problem in the game. But apart from that, like I I like the 3-5-2 experiment. I think it, with the current squad setup, I think it brings out the best in a lot of our players and it helps us uh, solve some of our chance creation issues as well. At least in terms of like occupying the back line. So, uh, not much to complain for me, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw the lineup sheet and what did you make of the uh, lineup choices? Uh,
1: Well, I anticipated that it would be like free at the back for this game. Um, It was actually pretty easy (laughs) to predict Uh, seeing the table before the game. It was, I think, Betis was on the 12th place and yeah... I mean, it was, it was quite expected, like, the lineup was pretty normal, I I was glad to see Maite getting a starting spot again after, you know, I don't know, like, she started the last game, and maybe the one before that as well, so, I mean, she's getting her uh, reward, but I think that it also might be due to, um, due to, um, The absence of toletti um but yeah i mean she's starting so i i don't complain right now and uh, speaking of uh, rewards uh, you know it was weird not seeing naikari in the lineup but still i wasn't complaining at all about lineups so yeah that would be it
0: yeah bettys have been pretty poor this season like and that really showed on the pitch as well we'll we'll get into that but yeah the league position meant if we could potentially like experiment but I think and we have spoken about this as well right we have spoken about the need for there to be like this shouldn't be just a plan b for us or a backup plan in games where where we need something to change and we Go for a back three, we switch to a back three mid game or towards the end of it to change things. But this could potentially be a solution as well for how lackluster we have looked at times, how laborious a lot of our possession sequences are when we are playing with a back four. A lot of it comes down to we're trying to pull something out of the hat, or Athena trying to take people on dribble and create something this could potentially be a very good solution moving forward but like we have discussed this before that the change is po- probably not going to happen because uh, it's it's like a shift in a tactical identity that i don't think Toril is comfortable with doing especially at this stage of the season uh i don't know it, it's a worth. It, it's something that's worth trying in my opinion but we all probably know that we are not going to get it and we are probably only going to see this against like teams in the lower half of the table which will which will skew some of the perspectives about the potential pitfalls of this uh, lineup which is why I want this to be tested against like better opposition and how we play and how it fares against them so it would give us a fair view about whether this experiment is worth uh Worth taking forwards or not, but for me, like it it definitely feels like something we should be trying more often. But moving on. So the game begins. Betty's by the way, started the game in a 5-4-1 shape. So I mentioned I touched upon this before that when we play with a back three, a lot of time a lot of the times we have as many as five players pushing into the last line of defense so betty's went betty's decided they would go deep uh, they would go they would defend deep with a line of five they would try to keep those five players that we push forwards in check but our team selection today consisted of a midfield of maite wear and zornosa so at times and this this is from like the opening one two minutes of the game, like opening five minutes. Let's say I have some couple of a couple of screen screen grabs as well. If if I get the time, or I'll, I'll just quote tweet when the pod is out. We pushed as many as seven players into the betis box, and that to me was okay. We are going aggressive now. We we pushing seven players. Like Zornosa was also pushed up. The only players that were behind or like ne- trying to defend were just our center backs who had stayed back because Zornosa has pushed up, Vier is occupying the back line, Atenea has pushed up, Sawaba has pushed up into the box, Maite has pushed up, Esther and Feller are in the box as well. So that felt like, okay, this can backfire if they can get on the transition, they can hurt us on the transition because not all of our players are quick a quick plus the midfield lacks the defensive steel as well so while there was this spot of bother inside of my head it it did feel like we may we might just get a goal fest here with the way with how aggressive we were in trying to attack they were with with maite and we're the one thing that we got a lot of is the movement in between the lines from our midfielders? So, where and Maite they constantly were operating between the the five and the four, the the lines of five and the four for Betis. So, in between the lines, they were constantly operating in uh, like showing up in the half spaces to receive the ball. They were causing all sorts of problems to def- uh, Betis's defensive shape, and that I think was the recipe of unlocking such. Uh, like a potential low block with where the team is defending with uh, with numbers. And I think that was that was really nice. And that was expected because both Maite and Weir operate in in that way. And Zornosa has a tendency to do that as well. She likes to join the attack too. So we had a lot of bodies. We had a lot of options and we had players who could break lines with their passing, who had the incisiveness in their passing and who were creative on the ball. So we had all the tools to like unlock this already not so good defense of Betty's, but who were defending with a lot of bodies behind the ball. So in the opening, like 20 minutes, we, I think it's fair to say that we pushed a lot like we, it didn't result in as many shots, like overall our shot count for this game wasn't as high. Like it's 15 shots like that is uh, that's all right that's that's good but that's like all right given how bad Bettys were throughout the game not a lot of it turned into shots but we were consistently like with Felair we were able to like try to find her in behind a lot of the times it got called for offside but there were those sort of very fluid movements between our front five or front six players and that was really nice to see for me like And that has been a common theme whenever we have used this formation. So it was really, really nice to see. Apart from that, there are a couple more points that we will probably like discuss as the pod goes on. We have mentioned Betty's setup already. So I'll hand it over to you now to take your thoughts on the opening 20 minutes before we get into how things panned out in the second half of the first half so like in the second part of the first half probably because that's where like things start to, started to happen we started to record some shots and we started to actually convert that thre- threat into like shots which which mattered at the end so yeah uh, what did you make of the op- how we opened the game and the first 20 minutes of the game? the movement of our players and how our attack looked in, in that opening few minutes.
1: Um, okay, so I guess uh, I will start by saying that we were caught offside three times um, in this opening 20 minutes, like exactly 20 minutes. And I think all three were by Fella. And I think that's, uh, that's fair, you know, she's fast, uh, so she gets ahead of herself. Uh, fine <laughs> uh, But yeah, I mean Not a lot of exciting stuff happened inside these 20 minutes really like there were a few um, Interesting things I picked up like I don't know in the beginning like on minute five and six and then seven minutes later again um, The two teams would exchange throw-ins for two minutes Um you know, one after the other, it just went throw-in and throw-in and throw-in, um, like, I, there were, like, three throw-ins on one side, then someone makes a long pass to the other side and loses the ball, and then throw-ins continue on the other side, so, yeah, that was an annoying part of the match, <laughs> so that's already four minutes of the 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> um, then since we're talking about like the fifth sixth minute uh we in six minutes we had a chance and um it's actually um um uh, it's just uh it's uh chance by fella i think uh and it's atheneia trying to um dribble inside and passing it to Fela, Fela try- uh, fails to control it, and yeah, basically nothing happens. Uh, also, I also to mentioned some interesting movement by Esther, because, um, just so you know, we did, I rate this, um, game, like, the whole game she had, uh, like, very good in terms of things we said about Esther, you know, what she keeps doing, uh, aka, um, not passing, turning around when uh, not needed, but in this game, she did it quite well, um, she actually managed, like, a few crosses as well, she was going wide, and she was doing quite well as well, she was dropping, and yeah, but, like, um, I know that Esther uh, managed a good cross from the left wing and um, she also uh, recovered the ball from one throw-in and uh, when when she did it, she turned around and she passed it to Weir, who was, I think, going uh, wide at the time. Um, And speaking of the recoveries... um, or from the Frohans, I also noticed a fun a thing from Ivana. Um, Ivana was like, we, we, Betis had a fro-in, uh in their, in their half. And it was like, maybe last, last third. And Ivana was there, you know, she was really high up, so... Uh, she managed to recover the ball, and she actually dribbled like uh, with, like uh, I think, three players around her. She even made a nutmeg, and she escaped with the ball. Uh, ultimately, the ball ended up with uh, Rocio in, at the back, but, you know, that was uh, quite smooth from her. And, I mean, I've been mentioning a lot of throw-ins, so it's just good to see someone... Let's say someone worse than us in throw-ins because uh, I've been saying how much I hate our throw-ins. And uh, this game, I think it was maybe um, an exercise for our team to, you know, um, get this confidence with, oh, yes, we can recover the ball from the throw-ins. And um, later on in the game, I will talk more about the throw-ins being actually effective like our own. But, yeah. Uh, and I've seen like a couple of interesting instances where Fella was shielding the ball very well, and um, I know that uh, Batis was trying to attack at one point, um, like exactly at 20th minute, they were trying to uh, attack through our left back, um, but before, even, before it even reached uh, Sveve, Fella would be there to stop it like um, at the sidelines and uh, not let it even pass to Sveve. So um, not really a dangerous <laughs> attempt by Pettis or anything, but I just wanted to note uh, Fella's work, work here. And yeah, I think that would be it.
0: Okay, some very interesting points that you've made, especially about the throw-ins. I think like that is an aspect of of football in general that isn't like focused on or looked at at much depth i myself haven't looked at our throw-ins in that much detail so it's nice to have somebody do that but yeah apart from that like the next significant action like we dominated the first 20 minutes we with our fluid uh front five front six if you want to say we were all over uh, Betty's, and Betty's, despite having numbers behind the ball, they were just really bad. Like they gave up so much space, even though they had numbers in behind, they, they got dragged out. They got pulled apart very easily with, with the movements, uh, with the sort of movements we had from Wear and Maite in between the lines. I think it was very easy to pick them apart, like throughout the game. And we will we, we'll get into this, how Betty's changed shape, but that changed nothing in the second half as well. But let's first talk about the first half and get into the second part of the, or the second quarter of the, uh, of the game. So in the 33rd minute, Rocio carries the ball from, from defense. She spots Feller making, Feller sticking out wide. She spreads the ball for her. Maite is uh, Maite has drifted out wide this time and now she's coming in. Feller plays a neat little exchange with her, and Maite then plays a first time ball in behind for Esther. And that was a really good ball, it it broke uh, it completely like undid uh Betis's defensive line. and Esther was in behind in a 1v1 situation with the goalkeeper and she skied her shot. So at that time. I was live tweeting the game and I could see some of the reactions that were going on and I was like, oh God. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was something, it was a sort of chance you expect Esther to put away. But she did not. And I I was pretty sure that this is going to bring out a lot of criticism of her. uh, Like how she is not able to score, how she is only scoring against small teams or whatever whatever like just the general consensus about her among the fan base at times a minute later <laughs> feller picks the ball up on the left once again she has one two players on her she manages to keep them at bay carries the ball forward just just shrugs them off carries the ball into the box maintains Possession retains possession, creates separation and then play a cutback into the box and who is there inside the box at the heart of the penalty box, the penalty area? It's Esther, takes a first touch, takes a shot, gets saved. Luckily, it falls back to Esther and Esther puts it in the back of the net. So, inside two minutes, Esther has skied a 1v1 and in the very next minute, she has scored, she has handed Real Madrid the... Opening goal from the game, so those two minutes felt like the most esther minutes, uh, I, I would say, and it was fun to see the reaction in, uh, while while I was live tweeting. So it was, it was pretty fun to uh, watch that as well. But yeah, in both of those chances, I think the thing that needs to be highlighted is feller and we'll get to feller's performance overall as well. Towards the end or towards the... uh, While we are discussing the end of the first half. But Feller's work on on the goal especially was really commendable. Like she was under pressure from two defenders. She managed to hold them off, keep the possession and at the same time penetrate the box. It it was really, really... It was really, really good from Feller. And then Esther, after missing the first chance, she... Her second, on, on the second chance as well, her shot got saved, but fortunately it fell to her and she put it away then. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what did you make of those like two, three minutes span where Esther has missed a chance and then went on to hand us the lead? What did you make of the goal and Feller's work as well?
1: You said like um, a couple of very Esther-like minutes. Um i I honestly I, I mean I kind of knew that she would score very soon after she missed that because when she's looking like um you know she'll she's missing obvious chances she usually uh, scores uh, scores in like a uh, few minutes or, and it's usually a very random goal <laughs> uh so that's that's interesting and that's I think what Esther does, and I mean, Esther. Esther's chances, like missing chances and uh, scoring this one goal from um, rebound as well. um I mean, it's it's a common topic to you know talk about this about Esther amongst the fan base, like uh, scoring uh, from rebound, and then people complaining about how she celebrates. I don't know. I th- I think it's dumb, she was just positioned well. It's her job to be positioned well. Um, and sure, this score rebound from goalkeeper saving it the first time you miss, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but going back to, um, you know, moments before and what Fella did. So I remember um, there was one instance uh, which I noted uh a fella was well fella was supposed to go on the left wing and like she was being pushed to the left wing she was um she was running alongside Esther, like in the same line And she had the ball and she wanted to go like to the center it was obvious that she wanted to go uh, more centrally but she was pushed uh to the left side and She was a bit confused she tried to um turn around like a few times and i noted it in my uh notes i also put it in the immediate reactions article that she was complicating that and she complicated a few times um so basically in the that chance i was uh, i'm saying i'm talking about here is that after she was complicating she just made a random uh forward pass like Esther would be able to get it and it was going straight to the goalkeeper Esther wouldn't even be able to get it even if she um tried a lot like she immediately as Fela um released it Esther saw that there's no way she would get it and you know I was a I was a bit annoyed, <laughs> uh, because we keep talking about um, Athenea trying to do the same things over again sometimes, you know, uh, and then Fella doing, like, uh, this thing a few times in this game and complicating too much, but then a few minutes later, she does this... Um, she, like she does it. it's not it's not an assist um by books but like uh it's mostly her work like the way she dribbles past just um amazing <laughs> uh but i i guess that's that's what you get with players who um attempt dribbles often you know if you attempt more often you fail, fail more more than those who don't try you know uh so i also saw a table of um, of the most success rate, uh, the dribble success rate by um, every player. And I, uh, I saw some people commenting about, um, I don't know how players uh, such as uh, Fella fail these dribbles, but they're the ones who uh, tempt them the most. Um, amongst them is also weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's actually a quite clean goal. Uh, like a queen action, at least. Um, just that I think that was a ball by Sonosa fella if I'm not mistaken, uh, to the side. And she does it so uh, gracefully. Like, she, it's not even hard for her. And the pass to Esther was pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean could work by both and i think that it's kind of useless to talk about um the way the ball went in because instead was position- positioned well and it's her job so just to um just to be clear about that to everyone
0: yeah uh the thing the thing is like the the reason esther scores a lot of goals is because people will say because she gets to play a lot of minutes because she she is the first choice that is why she she gets a lot of opportunities is that people try to ignore what she does on the pitch a lot of times and it's it's a bit frustrating how overblown some of the criticism has been at times and I particularly like don't really check a lot of my timeline especially like in in recent times I haven't paid much attention so i don't know what the general consensus is a lot of what i see or what i hear is either via ohm or via our disc my discussions with uh kanita around the pod and that is it and i think it has uh largely improved my experience of watching uh watching real madrid's feminine you know because i'm not bothered a lot by what the general fan base is saying because criticizing esther is fine for some of the stuff that she does on the pitch like yes her release time can improve and that has been the case ever since we signed her her release time isn't isn't as good and that's fine she adds a lot of value at times with the way she is able to hold the ball with the way she is able to release pressure and obviously the goal scoring aspect you cannot overlook because like you mentioned she was there at at the right place at the right time and that like yeah it's her job but it's a skill that she is quite good at to be honest like yes she misses chances but she gets into those positions to make those chances in the first place like. A player can play a cutback, but if there is nobody to receive or if there is nobody to read and on be on the same wavelength to get on the receiving end of that cutback, that cutback is pointless. Like you can point towards like, oh, big chances missed. Oh, she has missed so many chances. Yes, but at least 60 to 70% of those chances wouldn't even be chances if she had not, shown the sort of movement she has to get into the that places it's it's not just like people try to like undermine it by saying oh she's just scoring tap-ins against uh against lower opposition yeah but she is putting herself in those positions (laughs) to be able to score that and it's it's an ongoing discussion about not just esther but all sorts of like big strikers because all of the big strikers all of the the ones we like to call clinical or the ones we like to call prolific goal scorers they are all bound to make mistakes and i'm not calling esther a prolific goal scorer because i know i've seen her at levante before i know what sort of uh, environment she needs or what sort of circumstances she needs to excel in this team she can have that and that is why she's scoring a lot of the goals I'm not saying she she is as prolific as say Marie Antoinette Katoto or Eva Pi. No, it, she's not she's she's probably just a, a, a level below these these strikers at, at the moment and that's fine. She, she's performing can we improve in that department? Probably yes, we can. But is Esther the main uh, the major of our worries is is she the reason we are not able to like create anything? I don't think so so I think a lot of the criticism is misplaced and I think it's being overblown out of proportion but yeah this I mean if I go on a tangent here I could go on discussing why all sorts of big strikers have a lot of the chances missed like if if, even if you look at Eva Payor or like Mari Antoinette Katoto's number they both will miss significant amount of chances as well But they get into those positions on a consistent basis, which is a repeatable skill. See, finishing is a very. Finishing has a lot of variance. And sometimes some shots go in, sometimes they don't. And that is how it is. It's not easy to put every ball, every chance coming your way into the back of the net. And that is what fans expect. But it's not like. It's not possible, I think. Anyway, I'm getting way too um uh, this 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 discussion has derailed a lot, and I think we will get sidetracked a lot more if we keep on going about this but the thing is like esther isn't a she isn't a prolific goal scorer maybe but she isn't also one of our main worries uh, with with the squad and with the way we play i think so yeah so some of the criticism is is well placed and I think it's necessary as well especially with naikari breathing down her neck especially with what naikari can offer and how she can do those things on the pitch but yeah not not the main of our concerns at the moment moving on in in the 37th minute athenea gets yellow carded for accidentally elbowing a player uh, while challenging for the ball and she quickly just apologized because she realized it was, it was a mistake and uh, things got sorted there. I think in the first half, apart from that, there wasn't much. Like, Bettys couldn't create much. Like, throughout the game, I think, Bettys had, like, five shots throughout the game. Five or six shots, maybe. And I think the best chance in the first half came was probably like a blocked shot towards the end of the first half in the 44th minute. That is what I have in my notes. Bettys weren't threatening at all. They, Whenever they managed to even like get high, higher up the pitch, they were sloppy. And while defending, they just completely... They offered so much space. It, it was just terrible to us. Like, there's a reason they're uh, down, down there because this season, their performances have been really poor. And they were... They were uh, missing Rinsola Babaji I think and maybe if she was there she could have caused this problem on transition especially and in that situation maybe Zoronosa's uh, maybe the decision to play Zoronosa as the deepest midfielder would have not looked like a masterstroke as it has this time because Betis could not offer any sort of threat on transition and that played into into our hands. so. I'm not complaining. <laughs> 4 0 win, three points on the board, much necessary points. That's all good, but Betis did not challenge us at all. So a lot of what we are speaking about about this game is is needs that small caveat going going into this. But yeah, apart from that, I don't have much to add in the first half. If you have anything else to add, Kanita, now is the time to do it. Anything else you want to talk about in the first half?
1: I mean, yeah, you said it all, except for uh, it was quite funny that um, people, some people <laughs> don't, won't name uh, which group uh, were talking about how she she should have gotten a red card. And I think that's, uh the bet is... Uh, the betis bench was also complaining because um in the replay even the commentator said something like um oof or so like it was really hard and saying it was on purpose but i mean it really looked accidental and she apologized immediately as you said so uh so i, I don't think it would be um fair to send her off for that and um you know it's good that she didn't or what followed.
0: Yeah, there, there was no malice in that. In that, I feel. It was just like an an honest mistake. She realized as soon as the ball went out, they were competing for the ball. It just happened that her elbow hit her. But yeah. So, moving on to the second half. like First half ends, we are... We go into the first half with a one goal advantage. All things, Looking at all the things that have happened in the first half, it didn't look like Bettys would threaten much if they were going to play the same way they were doing for the first 45. And I guess Bettys realized that as well. So they came out in the second half with a formation change. They made two changes uh, at the start of the second half. And that led to a formation change as well. So they went from a 5-4-1 to a 4-3-3 and to an aggressive 4 3 3 I must say, because as the second half began, they started to press us a lot more. They started to push bodies forward. They had three of the forward line plus at least one midfielder pushing up to mark out the immediate options. And they tried to pressure us from building out the back and trying to force us long to cause... To cause turnovers and that initially caused us some problems they were able to like get some sort of box entries now they were able to at least enter and threaten in the final third and the intensity with which they came out in the in the second half at least for the opening 15 minutes I feel that was really if they could have gotten a goal in that period Maybe things would have looked much different, but that didn't happen. What happened in, instead was we're scoring and Real Madrid getting a two-goal lead on, on Betis. So in the 49th minute, now this happens after like a three-minute very good spell, very aggressive swell from Betis following a formation change. Athena picks the ball up it comes from a throw in as well like now now that you say it now that i'm i'm remembering it it starts from a throw in i think maite lays lays it off for athenea athenea then has is offered acres of space now now they have changed to a 433 so now it isn't as many bodies behind the ball there is space on the offer and there is nobody closing athenea when she's carrying the ball so and that always means trouble if you don't close down Athenea carrying the ball, she'll get into the box and then you'll either have to foul her or let her do her thing, play a cutback, play a cross or whatever. That's always trouble. So Athenea has a acres of space. She cut, she dribbles inside and Weir makes a perfect run. Athenea spots her, plays her in behind and as always Weir makes no mistake in front of goal. And Real Madrid are 2-0 up after a brief three-minute spell where looked like they wanted to play in the second half. And they did continue with, with that aggressive 4-3-3 for a good 60-minute uh, mark, I think. Nothing came off of it. Their aggression in trying to press us high up the pitch resulted in space in behind for us to exploit. And we once again found it easy to create chances against them. And I think, okay, so before we move forward, I'll, I'll I'll let you, I'll hand it over to you and take your thoughts on if you have any thoughts on Betty's, uh, how Betty's opened the second half on that or our second goal. What did you think of Athenia's dribbling? And I, I remember you mentioned you wanted to talk a, little, a bit more about our throw-ins uh, specifically. So I would love to hear what you have to say about the second goal and uh, anything else you have to add
1: uh yeah okay so yeah okay about the betis uh setup and everything uh their formation change uh, so yeah they do make two subs right and um yeah i don't i'm not i don't really understand the betis squad so i might be wrong but but from what i saw it could have been like two attackers out and uh subbed for one attacker and one defender so they uh, switched to four free free and it was uh, different uh, it was it's also <laughs> the one player one of those player who was out was uh, the one who had elbowed in the last minutes of the first half <laughs> It just just a fun comment, not nothing else uh, but yeah I, I have two things noted and it's like two things in between which was the goal so i'll just uh say these things like uh in 47th minute they had a free kick and um they uh, they managed to put it inside our box but kathleen uh got it and failed the clearance then their number 20 got it uh lelis i think And it bounced off Maite, like she was right there uh, and then Lelis got it again because they were like one meter away from each other. And she shot, uh, it was a shot on target, but it was easy for Misa. Uh, And okay, when I say this other thing, I will then add what I wanted to say. So in 53rd minute, that's like four minutes after the goal. Uh, but this, uh had a corner like on our right side, and yeah, so everyone seemed mark. It was like a cluster inside the box in one place. and so somehow uh, somehow the ball passes through to someone and they managed to push push it through like through a few pairs of uh, legs inside the box and you know to me um it's a another let's let's call it shot on target so yeah um so these are two instances uh in which the ball mysteriously got through um you know everyone uh which is weird and i noted it down Actual comment I had for myself: This cannot happen against Bars. Yeah, uh, we we mentioned that we have a Clásico this week, and yeah, if we let it happen, eh, you already know <laughs> that that's not gonna end well for us. Uh, so yeah, there's that. What I wanted wanted to say, and. Yeah, also about the goal, uh, the, yes, it did go from, uh, come from Froen. and, yeah, it's, uh, it was Atenea who made the Frowen, and, uh, Maita just came to help her on the side, just make this, uh, one-touch pass, and Atenea managed to escape, and, you know, uh, did her thing to the middle, like, dribbled, and, uh, found, uh, found the pass to Weir. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, uh, Another goal happened. The fourth goal happened from a throw-in as well. Um, so it, it's it's interesting because these it, it's probably I said that Betis is uh, much worse than us in Thron, and uh, this time I think we only they only put one player uh, on our Froen like uh, in front of Atenea and we didn't really have many uh problems with this throw-in uh the basically the like i don't know five six meter radius around Atenea was pretty much open except for that one player and you know maite coming in so I, i think i think they gave up on trying to do these throw-ins and try to defend uh, defend them as well because I mentioned that there were a few instances where the teams would just be um, switching like oh you take this throw and you take this throw and it's like goes on for a couple of minutes and yeah may, they may have gotten a bit tired of that as well <laughs> maybe maybe in the near future we all we may actually might see some real progress in our um throw that i can say with the confidence okay this the they have been training a little bit you know uh but usually the throw-ins for us were would all usually be throw against us you know end up being against us anyway so yeah i mean this was a quick a little quick play and i mentioned that a few times before that i love these quick plays which happen like maximum uh, five passes, this was like three passes, <laughs> so it was Atenea to uh, Froen to Maite, Maite back to uh, Atenea, and Atenea to Weir, and that's it, and the the other goal I mentioned, uh, we'll get to it, but it happened, I think, in five passes, so I love these quick um, actions, you know, just no complications, just getting the ball through, and, you know, ultimately scoring, which Gets us most of our goals anyway. And... Yeah.
0: Okay, so... As as we touched... As I touched upon briefly about how... Bettys looked a little more threatening. At least in, in the opening 15 minutes, they were trying to push their case. But... None of it came to fruition. And... Then we... Like in the fifty-third minute, I just have a chance by them. Like Sosa manages to get the ball uh, into the box and create danger. That that comes from a corner situation where they played it short, and uh, Sosa was able to penetrate our box and try to create a chance. But it was it was cleared. So they w- they did get some box entries. They did get some some time spent in in the final third of, of our of their final third. So it, it was it was good to see i i felt like we could prob- probably have a game but uh, all those thoughts were quickly put to bed when in the 64th minute we scored our third and just a minute later we scored our fourth so yeah uh, that's that's how the game went on but before we move on to that in the 56th minute we made our two subs tere and naikari came on for fellere and maite and that meant Tere now was playing as the deepest midfielder so now we had somebody who is adept at uh, in those defensive responsibilities as well and Naikari and Esther formed the front two which is a dynamic that I am that I was pretty intrigued to watch about how it how it happens because the way Feller operates and this leads us also by extension to talk about Feller's performance which I think was absolutely brilliant. Both Feller and Athenea had some games. They completely destroyed Betis's any sort of defensive organization that they had. Feller's movement especially the way she is able to make those in to out or out to in runs from wide, from wide areas or from central areas. The way she is able to attack channels. And the way she's able to occupy the centre-backs whenever Esther decides she wants to go and get on the ball de- in deeper areas is just really, really, really good. And those sort of movements is what may, what would also potentially make a case for her to play in a cent- much more central role when, whenever we need something different. Probably won't happen, but it gives us an option to have a player who is also quick and also has the understanding to make those sort of runs so it's it's really nice to have that option in in the team and as I mentioned in the 64th minute we we scored a goal and the goal the goal came from a high pressing situation so like Esther was Esther was on to them uh, on from the goal kick Esther continued to press the goalkeeper and then managed to apply pressure and force them long which resulted in not a sloppy it did manage to reach them but it quickly resulted in a turnover near the right touch near the left touchline, and then it was brought back Esther was there to receive it and then Esther manages to play the ball in behind for Zornosa who is making the run now Zornosa has moved up in an advanced position alongside Weir and Terre is doing the duties uh, at the base of the midfield Zornosa gets the ball in behind this. Yes. like like I mentioned like it's so much space on offer by Betis like Betis Betis's entire defensive line has moved towards the ball as soon as the uh, the long ball is played and after that turnover, there is acres of space to be exploited on the right hand side and Zornosa makes a well-timed run. Esther plays are in behind, no mistake from Zornosa, and it's 3-0 up. And not long after that, just in the next minute, we score our fourth goal. This time, it's Tere who has picked the ball up in the middle of the park. Has spread it out wide to Athenea on the right again. Now Athenea has has the, has the space. She attacks the box. Attacks the player. Manages to create the separation. Plays the ball in across the goal. There's Esther and Naikari in the box occupying the centre-backs. Esther has moved slightly more towards the goal and has dragged the centre-back. But she's trying to get on the ball. Misses it naikare is there naikare is holding off the challenge from the center back she is quick to get to the ball and manages to very nicely place it on the left hand corner which is empty so that gives us our fourth goal and i think at that point the game was done like two quick goals and all of this comes after like a 15 minute period where betty's were looking to sort of make a case for themselves to sort of try and force an issue from us with their high pressing and with their high intensity gameplay in the second half and their formation change. But none of that worked. Instead, it got worse for them. We now had, they now lacked coverage from uh, in the in the wide areas with, with a lack of numbers and there was so much space to exploit. We now had a better better foundation to build upon with uh, Tere in the team. And her role in the fourth goal, like speaks for herself, she is there, she receives it, she spreads it wide. So yeah, I mean, I don't think like any of these goals were like sort of a very well rehearsed sort of uh, sequence of actions. It was just poor play from Betis. They could not cope with any sort of pressure of uh, from our side. And then they offered acres of space for players like Athena and Felair to exploit. And that is always trouble. So I don't know uh, what else you have to add uh, on these two goals, but I'll hand it over to you and give you the opportunity to add anything else you have. If you don't have anything, we can just move forward with the game and take things from there. Yeah.
1: Have you met me? Of course I have to add. <laughs> uh yeah, I actually have two main points here. Um around the goals but uh in general as well because well, well the first uh point uh, is uh, regarding Atenea. So I I want to I want to add this thing because um if you just look back on the second goal, uh, the the weird goal assisted by Atenea. So in the 60s, second minute um At does something similar uh she goes uh, through the uh, from the right wing to almost the left wing like she she gets stopped at right outside of the box right in front of the goal that's a foul and a free kick for us uh we takes it it goes over the uh, the goal it's fine uh so, from that goal kick, um, the go- from that goal kick, we get our goal actually. So, the, uh, from the goal kick, we recover it. Uh, it was recovered by Sveva and Tere right before the halfway line, I think. And they push it to Naikari, who was there. Three players immediately surround her, and she releases the ball to Estet, uh before they get to her and Esther uh finds that space around Sonosa being completely open she passes to her just uh it was a great pass like she had to get it through like two Bathys players i think and Sonosa's finish, i don't think we have to add anything on that uh it was it was very clean but Okay, so I come to my second point and it's um how great of a distraction the duo Naikari Esther are. Because this this recovery and uh before Naikari passes to to Esther this happens on uh, our left side. And the case okay, so Esther gets it in the center, so that's when we move past. So the everyone like everyone is positioned on the left side obviously the their uh our right side is completely open their left side which may uh, which makes it possible for Soasa to get the ball and both este and ikadi are on the left side so you know while everyone is busy with them uh because I mentioned literally three players um just Poofed right around um, Neikari as soon as she got the ball from the recovery, and you know it got to Aster somehow, and they tried to get to her, but she released it in time. Like how great of a distraction they are! <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't mean it. That it would really help uh, against I don't know um, teams like Barcelona, or something like that, uh, because they're not really easily fooled. You know. Uh, But for, like, the most of the league, I think we could fool them really easily. Um, We haven't really seen this duo in action a lot um, together this season. I think this is, like, second or third time we've seen them. I I think the third time. And, you you know, quite cool to see this, honestly. Uh, And... Yeah, one more thing about the fourth goal while we're at it. uh, I did mention that uh, the fourth goal also came from a throw-in. And it was from the left side. Our left side, Sveva got the throw-in. She she managed to uh, put it to Sonosa. Sonosa makes a a quick one-touch pass back to Tere. And Tere makes that long pass you uh, talked about to Atenea. And then that amazing dribble by Atenea. And you know when when ikari puts it in, she she immediately immediately runs to uh, Athenea to celebrate it with her. Nothing in between. And it it you know, I think uh, it explains the game well. It it it, it uh, describes how Athenea's match has been and how worthy of uh, praise this performance of her was. And in the past few games, um, well, she she hasn't really um, been succeeding at things we, she had been trying, you know, so in this game she succeeded and she succeeded in this dribble as well because we all, always talk about her trying to, you know, uh, get past uh, inside the box and everything. Uh, but this was a really good call and she finally succeeded it. And uh, we could see how both her and Naikari were happy about that succeeding. Um, so yeah, the that would be it.
0: Yeah, so obviously <laughs> with Naikari scoring the goal, uh, it was wrong to assume you wouldn't have anything to say. <laughs> but yeah, moving forward... In the 70th minute, we have Moler, we have another two subs. We have Moler and Olga coming on to replace Esther and Savawa. Now, this is another interesting substitution because I have at least spoken in the past about how Moler's best role is comes in a front two alongside somebody who is able who is able to make those runs in behind. So this sort of combination of Molaire and Naikari as the front two could also be a very interesting prospect uh, to try in games where we want to experiment. And in the limited minutes that we saw, saw of it in this game, I think it there were some bright moments and I'll get into that. In the 77th minute, we have another substitution. We have Kenti coming on for Athenea, and we have discussed how Athenea had a really good game not like there's obviously the caveat that Bettys were really really poor in defending and offering her acres of space to exploit but still it was a very good performance from Athena, who is only now like returning completely from injury and she's able to like impose herself on the game she's able to do take players on the dribble and create separation to create chances further for her teammates she grabbed an assist in this game as well that will boost her confidence moving forwards, and we we need her. Like Athenea is a sort of player who can create something out of nothing, just like we're. She can beat one or two players, and when nothing is working, you need these sort of players to take initiative, beat their marker, and provide us box entries or pull out a foul to then so that it gives us an opportunity to create from set pieces, and that is the appeal for Athenea. That is the value that she adds via her dribbles that is what she can add as a player and she is still growing she is still learning so there's there's a there's room to improve obviously but it was a very good performance from her in this game. Now Kenty is obviously has just replaced uh, Athena playing uh, as the right wing back in the 78th minute we have Naikari gets a good chance like Olga is played in behind by Weir and Olga plays a very good ball across the uh, across the face of the goal for Naikari to get in but her first touch just takes the ball a bit away and, and that chance goes away but that was another uh, good opportunity that we potentially were able to like create in the form of a box entry. In the 79th minute I think this is something that everyone was talking about. This is something that initially when watching the game live, I was a bit worried. I was like, what happened? Has, has she gotten injured or like what went wrong? We are just walked off the pitch and went on the bench to sit. And she looked, she looked a bit dizzy. She looked a bit distraught as well. And I was a bit worried at that time. I was like, holy shit. If, if, where has picked up some sort of injury that she doesn't want to aggravate or if she's feeling some sort of pain we face barcelona next even with Weir, we will we are probably like second best against them but we need we need Weir to be there at least to give us any sort of chance and to see her walk off it was really worrying but i think it was down to exhaustion and down to the temperatures there Uh, she she just was exhausted and looked a bit dizzy i don't know if you have anything uh, any new information on that any update or did did you hear anything else but i think she is okay like it was just exertion and exhaustion from the game that uh, took a toll on her uh, in that temperature but yeah do you have any info on that? What what happened or do you have any of your own speculation about what might have happened?
1: Well, uh, to say that I have information would be a stretch. <laughs> uh, and I'm not usually the one who analyzes things from the players' um, social media posts. But um, I connected it to someone saying, you know, she's probably dizzy and it probably was the sun getting to her head. But uh, basically she posted, um, I don't know, a picture uh, from the match and saying plus three sun emoji and, you know, white heart emoji. So, you know, that sun emoji maybe probably um, is telling us that it was the sun getting to her head and, you know, it made her dizzy. Um, I mean we we saw i actually saw her trying to walk out twice um she was um trying to walk out uh, right as naikari's chance from uh, olga's pass was happening like i saw it in the replay in the back Uh, she was uh like at that line like kind of turning around to see what she can do uh and then like you know not even a minute later she um she just stops there and asks can she go and uh the ref um, uh, you know lets her go and you know we just saw her sit there and you know get uh get a blanket she didn't look in pain you know uh, when we talk about limbs uh so yeah i mean it was probably business, and i hope she rested that that she will rest as well um enough for you know no classico
0: Yeah, well, we will need her in the El Clasico and I hope she she is okay. Moving forwards from that point on, in the 81st minute, Bettys have arguably their best chance of, uh, not even arguably, their best chance of the game. They only created very few chances. In the 81st minute, Tere has a lapse of concentration. She doesn't realize there's a player on her back when receiving the ball and she gets dispossessed there and Betis are Betis managed to enter the box and they are in they managed to create a very good opportunity that Misa is able to close down uh, quickly and make a save off of and that's a big moment in the game I think uh, they could have scored there but didn't happen Tere with a lapse of concentration not ideal but we were 4-0 up already so can't possibly understand and betis throughout the game did not look at any point of time did not look like they were going to cause us a lot of trouble so yeah i mean that happened in the 81st minute and like i mentioned like betis changed their shape three times during this game so around the 80th minute mark i think they went from a 433 now to a 442 and can't say a lot changed in terms of how they were defending or how they were attacking. Their best attacking phase came when they switched from a 5-4-1 to a 4-3-3 for the brief 15 minutes in the in the second half, at the start of the second half. They looked uh, like they had intensity and they wanted to attack, but apart from that, it was a very lackluster, a very, very poor performance from Betty's. In the 82nd minute, Uh, Now, this is something that I wanted to touch upon in in regards of Moller's ability to play through the middle. So, in the 82nd minute, she receives a ball with back to goal. She turns around quickly, like very good reception on the turn. Then she spreads the ball out wide for Kenty and Kenty plays a a good cross from the right-hand side naikari goes for an audacious volley it doesn't connect properly and uh, it goes wide but yeah this thing about moler operating through the middle it's it's what she can do the best like her ability to play with a player on her back and her back to goal is really phenomenal like she can serve as a as a target option for us where we can look for her uh, to go in order to go direct in order to attack uh, quickly or move vertical quickly because she can hold off challenges and she can she is skillful enough to beat incoming challenges on the turn like the turn here was really good she was able to quickly move the ball forwards and find players and link with them so that's that's something that I feel is one of her strengths and we have discussed this before how she is a different sort of dribbler when compared to Athenea and Felair and Olga. And while she is skillful, her best does not always come when she's playing out wide because it restricts the zone she is able to operate in. And I think making her play centrally alongside another striker who will then occupy the back line and push them deep offering her space to receive and turn in the middle and then spread the ball wide uh, and do her bits would be the best use of Muller but yeah I mean that's that's something that we have discussed multiple times and I just wanted to highlight this one particular sequence where we got to see what she could do on the turn uh, receiving with a back to goal and a player on her back as well so that happened then in the 85th minute just being consistent with the theme of the game that Betis have played like really poor very very bad in the 85th minute they do a turnover in their own box very sloppy pass Moler picks it up but nothing we couldn't capitalize on it it's the pass is played straight to Moler. it's so bad we couldn't capitalize but on any other day that could have been 5-0 and yeah i mean then in the 86th minute, I think they they do manage to get the back uh, ball in the back of the net through a corner uh, situation, but it's called back for a foul in the box. And I think that and the turnover in the 81st minute from Tere were the two good opportunities, but one of them obviously was called back for, for a foul. So only one of it actually counts. And apart from that, Betis created nothing it wasn't it wasn't a good game despite again the score score line flatters the actual performance and also it comes with a caveat about how poor bettys were so I don't know how much we can take away from this formation I don't know if this says anything about the prospects of the back three of us being able to see the back three on the pitch moving forwards against better opposition I think back three does bring out some very good stuff from from our squad it helps us play a lot of our players in in the right uh, right roles but again we we have discussed this before and I don't think it's something Toril sees uh, as the main option it's always going to be a plan B but yeah apart from that I don't have anything else to add if you have anything to add uh, about the game now is the time
1: you mentioned before um how you think that you know uh, Mila and Naikari dynamic would work and something like that like as soon as she came in like Mila I mean uh, I saw uh, that um she took the role of the one who would be dropping back right and uh before between that and you know Nikari coming in. Nikari was the one dropping back uh, with, you know, uh, when she was playing with Esther. And I was thinking, uh, okay, so will Mila be dropping back the whole time? Because it 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 does make sense. Uh, Mila is, is uh, for her it's easier to intercept some balls, you know, in the middle, and she did that a few times. Um, but I also saw the two, um, you know, switching uh, their positions uh, a few times. You know, um, she let Naikari drop back as well, uh, depending on the situation. You know, if uh, the ball is already recovered, and then uh, Naikari would go back. Um, and yeah, I, while we we're at it, I also want to add that that giveaway... Um, was not a random giveaway, um, by the Baptist center backs. it's, um, it's pressing, come on, give them some, give them some credit, ne- never, never giving credit to this pressing, oh my, is, I don't mean you, I mean, like, bas- basically, Whenever this happens, most people uh, ignore it. But uh, Nekari is in center pressing. Uh, just, she just started to press. She just started to go up. And Mila uh, sees that and goes up from the right side and manages to intercept that pass. And, yeah, it's, I mean, nekari did that in um, Athletic, in the Athletic game, which ended the, in the goal. So, come on, give... give. Give that some credit, please. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely, Mila's role is uh, undoubtedly best when she's playing in center or um, this, um, in this situation uh, with uh, another striker. And I think, I think this was the best thing to see her, you know, switching at times. Uh, you know, with Neikari, the what I said about the roles. Um, it also helped that we were, like, 4-0 up as well. And that it was, all, uh, like, Real Betis, who was, like, 12th or 13th on the table. Uh, but still, yeah, I mean, we definitely uh, touched upon that um, quite a few times in this episode. So, I don't think there's anything else to add. But, yeah. Uh, Nothing, nothing too special about uh, Mila's minutes, but I like them, you know, the, she didn't really have chances, but she did connect and she, um, she did her job. Um, I liked it. I wish she uh, played more, but I don't think that's possible.
0: Yeah. So I think that probably concludes the discussion of this game. And I mean, speaking about that last sequence, the reason I don't like it's just so yeah, like there's pressure from Naikarian. You know? Anyway, like yeah, probably like just pressing, but it's just really, really sloppy. Like M- Moller is just walking back; she's not even aware, and the ball is just played to to her feet. But yeah, whatever. Anyway, so I think that uh, concludes the discussion for this game. Again, apologies for the pod being so late this time. It was just not possible for me to record uh, on on Monday with with the sort of schedule I have. Uh, So yeah, uh, won't probably happen again. But yeah, sorry, uh, apologies to the listeners. And we'll be back again to discuss the big one. Now we have had three wins in 2023. Everything is looking good, but not so soon. If if you think Real Madrid's defeat in the final against Barcelona on the men's side was heartbreaking, Real Madrid femenino face Barcelona in the in the Super once again, and we will. Well, let's stay positive. Let's. We don't know what is going to happen, obviously. But it's always a very big test coming up against Barcelona, who everyone knows they are a super team. They have phenomenal players, world-class players. It's going to be very tough. But we will be there once again to break it all down for you, to discuss everything that went wrong, to discuss everything that we did well and yeah until then ala madrid ala madrid sports social podcast network
1: okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino